Welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Uh, Big Arts, good to have you back, man. How was, uh, how was the Rust Belt? How was Minneapolis and, uh, and Pittsburgh, baby? Did you, did you get a little FaceTime with Kent Colvey? That's what I always wonder when you go to Pittsburgh. Yeah, me and Kent, we did a little, uh, we, we did a little Buffalo Wild Wings, and he taught me that sidearm, Big T. I, I, I learned. <laughs> I love it, man. Dude, he took you out to the bullpen. You had a little sidearm. Right. Uh, a little sidearm situation. Are you going to need Tommy John? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? You're going to need a little Tommy J surgery now. I mean, man. dude, I, I mean, I have such a sidearm now. It just looks like I'm playing, you know, softball. I mean, that's how sidearm my <laughs> sidearm is, you know? Yeah, your sidearm is actually underhanded. It's actually it's, underhanded. It's, and, and let's be honest, a little sports talk from Big R is going to be a thrill for everybody, right? Oh, now. baby, people are clicking away as we oh, speak. They don't want to hear about sports on this program. I know that. I can tell you. I know that. Um, Pipe, we have... Uh, we, we need to get back to what we do on here, which is, uh, which is business. We're a, basically yeah, a business podcast. So business and money. So in the spirit of both business and money, I want to talk about Live in Louisville. Uh, there's still time to get your last-minute ticket. We are filling the venue. Uh, there are only a few tickets remaining. So if you haven't done so already, hit up happyrantpodcast.com, uh, buy a bag of Lagarce Roasters coffee, and buy yourself a ticket to live in Louisville. And if, uh, if listeners have been to happyrampodcast.com before, they will notice a brand new design this time because our friends at the Mirror Agency, so Matt Harma and his team, have redesigned my website where our podcast lives. So it's fresh, it's clean, and it looks, uh, I think, really, really good. And uh, it's easier to navigate so you can find all the stuff Ted just mentioned, live yeah. in Louisville, the coffee, our mission aware swag, all of it is there, and it uh, and it looks fantastic. It does. I'm there right now, Pipe. It's incredible. Just went live today as of this recording. Whoa. Nice. Huge. Huge news in the world of Christian entertainment. Well, I feel like when all- you're on the cutting edge of the business world, one must keep up appearances, and a website that has not been designed, redesigned in a couple of years is well, it just, it needed a refresher. Let's not talk so, about that. You know what, that's that kind of how I'm rolling as an author, by the way. I feel like my website is very kind of 2004. I'm just kind of waiting for that to come back around again. So I'm <laughs> yeah, not going to do anything. Yours, yours has not been redesigned in so long. It's regaining cool. Exactly. You know what, like I was at that awkward in-between stage, you know, kind of like if you were trying to grow a mustache, that awkward in-between stage <laughs> yeah. makes you look like uh, you can't get within 200 yards of a school. So that's exactly. kind of where my website was. And so Mirror Agency has saved it from itself. Outstanding. Outstanding. And we, and I could potentially use these guys to update my website. So not to get too deep into my own personal business. But Pipe, you've got a, a new sponsor to lay on us, man. Let's hear about that. I do. Our sponsor for this episode is The Good Book Company, again. And that uh, that they're highlighting the book, God's Very Good Idea, by our friend Trillian Newbell. We... Uh, we highlighted this last episode, and again, this is a fantastic book. People should definitely go check it out. It's a children's book looking at God's design in in how people are uniquely made, race, culture, gender, and preferences, and just how God made this wealth of variety of people, and how everybody reflects his image, and how we are all designed to be one family, but then we screwed it up. And then God rescued us from that. So it's this amazing, it's this amazing, simple, fun book that teaches kids about race, about culture, about God's design and those things, but also 
the the simple gospel story of how God saves sinners. I think people should get up in front of like a church service and read this because I think there are a lot of churches that get both of these things so wrong that this would set them totally straight. Like, oh, this is how race works because it's God design and here's the gospel. So that's my challenge to any pastors listening. Why don't you open up your next church service reading this book to your congregation? Ronnie, you should do story time with Substance Church with Trillia's book, God's Very Good Idea. I'm in, count me in. Oh, and I know that you are already on board with what she has to say and the book in general, but uh, it's really fantastic. I think if you work in children's ministry or if you're an aunt or uncle or parent or anything like that, this is the kind of book you should give as a gift, have in your home. Uh, it's available now. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at barnesandnoble.com, lifeway.com, wherever you order books. So the book is God's Very Good Idea by Trillian Newbell. And big thanks to the Good Book Company for sponsoring. Pipe, and thanks to you for an amazing promo. Oh, I feel that like was you're unbelievable. Yeah, Ron, I mean, I, I feel like Piper's his promo game is is um, reminiscent of, I feel like there was a sweet spot there like a year, year and a half ago where Pipe's promos were just, it was like a little a little piece of art. You yeah. know what I mean? Each episode, yeah. it was a thrill. I and, mean, yeah, uh, I mean, he finishes that thing and it's just like Rachel the Held Evans. Why do we even carry on? Why do we even move on with the podcast after that? You know? No, I know. Good question. And I hate to follow. That's encouraging, guys, because I, I felt like I was off my game for a while. Like, I mean, yeah. I wasn't failing. I just was. You've never failed, Pipe, but you do have. Yeah, you know, let's be clear. Yeah. You were, it just didn't feel on point for a while. So it's really encouraging to hear you guys. Yeah, I mean, you weren't doing badly at all, but no, there, there was a time it was like. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm trying to equate it to something sports related, but I'm not going to do that because people hate sports. But yeah, you were in the prime. I mean, was it like Russell Westbrook's Russell Westbrook's triple double season? Like yeah. he, you know, like that was just sort of pinnacle performance. Is was it that? Yeah, yes. that. yeah. Where every that. every promo was like a triple double, you know. And then, and then and then you went back to like you know you were just a you you were a good like NBA superstar there for a while on the promos but now we're back up to you know a very rarefied kind of performance mm. so and that's so good to hear and uh, and I appreciate you guys sticking with me through that through that dip in my performance always supportive you guys are the it's best okay. the Pipe, you're a lovely person and that's 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 just how I describe you when I when people ask me what it's like to do a podcast with Barnabas Piper and that actually uh, it leads nicely into our first topic, boys, which is how to describe a great person. Um, I feel like this has become a little bit of a thing in our culture in which celebrities are always describing people as lovely or delightful. And regular people are always describing celebrities as, quote, so down to earth. Um, this begs the question. We, we get des- we get described that way often, so down to earth. Yeah, you know what, you guys? I mean, you take away all the money and all the fame and all the decadence that we live with as a, as a part of this job, and we're just the same as everybody else. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, we're not all that different. Just regular Joes. Put our pants on one leg at a regular time. Joes. Yeah, regular Joes. Yeah. You know, just trying yeah. to make a living. I mean, yeah, we have our own live event in Louisville, and it's going to be huge, and, you know, people are going to bring us stuff. But other than that, we're just, you know, yeah. like regular people. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's uh, celebrate ordinariness. Let's celebrate ordinariness. Let's write another Big book about ordinariness, it, guys. I was going to say, is, is that your next that? book? Yeah, it's called Ordinariness. Yeah, I feel like, like Katie has already written that book like four times. Am I wrong about that? <laughs> ordinariness? Uh, ordinariness, how it's it's good to be like a faithful plotting pastor. Yeah, I think everybody's on that too. Like yeah. arena shows, you know? Right, exactly. I think, Jared, I think Jared C. wrote that one. As yeah. Did Jared C. write that one? I mean... The, you said plotting ordinary pastor. I know, like that's one of his. That's like one of his drum beats. Is like, oh yeah, 
just be faithful. I mean, it's a good drumbeat to have, but you know, ordinariness is, is a, uh, yeah, that was like a huge thing in the reformed world for a while where every famous like arena show pastor had written a book about being ordinary. And it's like, it still is, man. It's just like, yeah, it's like a guy, it's like a, it's like a band playing like 10,000 seaters saying, you know, it's cool. We should just all be happy with playing small clubs. You Dude, know, yeah, it's, it's all about playing clubs, man. Connecting with the with the fans, you know that'll be one hundred and fifty dollars for your 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 ticket master. Right. It's like you two saying, you know, we'd rather just be at the Roxy in front of like two hundred and fifty people. Absolutely, tonight. that's why your stadium is so overrated. Absolutely, it's, it's basically it's basically public denial of the jealousy you actually feel of successful people. I that's wow. right. Gosh. That's interesting, pipe. That's because mm. I I think I think when when people are are very vocal about how satisfied they are with ordinariness, mm-hmm. I think it's expressing just the opposite. I agree. They're dissatisfied with it. I agree. I agree. I think satisfied people just sort of go about their business. Like a, a, a satisfied, let's say, faithful pastor, for example, I don't think he talks a ton about how satisfied he is in his tiny church that's muddling along doing faithful ministry in a small right, town. Right, you can just tell I he's think, satisfied. Yeah, he just sort of, he just shows up and does the things that, that the, the position calls for. Interesting. That's a true. That's a truly delightful person. A truly lovely person. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that that's the question. How do you describe a great person? Like, and I want to know. I guess how you guys do it. Uh, Pipe. I'll start with you because your your business, the nature of your business, means like meeting a lot of famous people, but famous people in the context in the in the kind of small pond of Christian publishing, as it were. So um, you probably get a lot of people asking like. How is so and so? How how is what's it like to do a show with Ted Cluck and Ronnie Martin? You know, for example, <laughs> you probably get a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, yes, I I get asked six seven times a week. You know, what is Ted really mm, like? I know. Um, and, if, and then pipe if you get tired of fielding that, like I, I I get it. I totally get it. I haven't publicized your email address for them to ask ask them your the, themselves. Yeah, but thank you. Um, I just uh, I I rarely use the words lovely and delightful because I don't feel like I my Hollywood persona is not quite at that point. Like that's a Matt Damon description of right. somebody. <laughs> I am not I am not Matt Damon, so I can't pull that yeah. one off. Um, but then there's the very broy description. You know, like he's a good. Oh, dude. he's a good dude. He's a solid you know, dude, man. He's solid, solid dude. Yep, solid, yeah. solid yeah. guy. Uh, that one I try to avoid that because again, not a church planter can't pull that yeah. one off. Um, What's what's the so hipster I, description of a, of a person? Big R, like you, mm-hmm. you move about in the hipster community more than either Pipe or myself. How does how does a hipster describe a great person? Um, probably just like you know he's a you know he's a cool dude. It's kind of like what Pipe just said. He's legit. Like he's legit. Like yeah, that dude's legit. You know, yeah. or, or whatever. And I sound really dated right now, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, you know, the parts I come from, it's, it's, uh, everybody is good guy. He's a good guy, whether good it's guy. a guy or a girl. Yeah. They're a really good guy, mm. you know, mm. or they're good people. Like if you want to get like, yeah, they're super, good people. Yeah. Like I love that. Mayberry old school, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. yeah, it's always that good, it's always that good guyness. That one always bugs me when they, when they, I mean, maybe it's just the grammar nerd in me, but when somebody says like he's good people, yeah. like, what? Sorry, English. Is not how this works. That one, that one annoys me. Good dude is way better than he's good. Dude I agree. Guy. Good, but good guy really gets to me though because it's like it's just this. It's become this thing that is just thrown out like just thoughtlessly about everybody. About so everybody. You, it's like if you don't, re, you don't even know if they're good guys the, anymore. Right? Three star. Yeah, basically right. the guys. Yeah. Not, if he's not an axe murderer, he's a good guy. You know, right? 
He's a he's a good guy, right? Yeah. It's like it's like order it's like ordering like a taco at Taco Bell. It's like it's a it was a taco. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. well, how was it? I mean, yeah, it was a it was a taco. He's it's, a good guy. It's like, like, fine. You know, he didn't. Yeah, you don't even you don't even know where to go with that anymore. It's like describing somebody as fine. Like, yeah, he's, he's yeah. Fine. Like he didn't try to punch me you in know? the ball, so he's a good guy. You know, <laughs> that's my. <laughs> Although some people mean it, some people mean it even like crazier than that, right? Like, yeah. oh, dude, no, 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 no. He's he's a good guy, dude. Mm. He's a good guy. <laughs> Like, See, and that's where I feel like people should try to actually describe what's good about somebody. Yeah. So, for example, I started attending a church recently where somebody – where uh, it's Ray Ortland's okay. church. So he's the pastor there, and I've met a couple of the staff people. And somebody asked me, you know, what do you like about it? And so instead of being like, well, the staff are – they're great guys, that which means yeah. nothing. Um, I try to point out about them. They seem very genuine. Yeah. They seem very humble. Uh, they're very approachable. Those kinds yes. of things, which are things that describe a good guy, but they actually paint a picture of what I appreciate about those people. So that's if if I know a person well, that's what I try to say. Or like you asked about meeting somebody famous in publishing. If there's actually something nice to yeah. say, uh, I try to say like what it is. Oh, there he was. He was more genuine, or more humble, or more approachable, or more. Just you know, down to earth. I don't. I try not to use that one. It's become a yeah. little cliche. Um, funny, you know, easy to talk to. Those kinds of things that actually sound like you're describing. I mean, you wouldn't a human say funny about anyone in Christian publishing. Face. probably. You wouldn't say What's funny that? about anyone in Christian publishing. Uh not not, not often. often. It, it it rarely happens. Yeah, I feel like if you if your words to describe a person could describe like a vase or a menu yeah. item, you probably shouldn't use them. For That's people. true. That's nah. true. Pipe, I'm going to ask you another question, and then I'll ask it to Big R. But uh, the question is this. How would you want Ron and I to describe you if people asked us about you? Oh, man. Uh, how, how, what's, what, do you want me to say, like, what ideally I'd like you to describe <laughs> or what is accurate? Uh, uh, maybe, maybe accurate. Maybe accurate. Oh, self-evaluation uh-huh. sucks. Um. I, I, I'd funny okay. is good. I hope. I hope you you yeah. can go funny. <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. Yeah, I'd go. Sometimes. I don't know. Big T. Uh, yeah. I I would hope that uh, I would hope that j- I would be described as genuine. Like what you see is mm-hmm. what you get. I'm not putting on yeah. a face. Um, no, I roll with that. I roll. With I roll with that part. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Uh, maybe, maybe and and then lastly at the risk of getting a little too serious that there's more under the surface than what I portray on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So like the silliness of the podcast is not the whole person. Ah, interesting. The plot thickens. Yeah. The plot thickens. Which is true for both of you as Maybe. well. And you can tell this because if you like, if you read Ted's writing, this is all I got. <laughs> <laughs> this is you. This is the sum total. This is it. Yeah. Guys, this is the sum total of big R. <laughs> You can tell this because, like, you read Ted's writing or or Ronnie's writing or listen to Ronnie teach or preach. Like, there's there's other layers be, beyond just you know poking fun at the Gospel oh, yeah. Coalition Absolutely. and hipsters. Although that is yes. a large part of most of my book. <laughs> yeah, that's that is that is not right. a phony right. thing. It's a significant Absolutely. part of who I am. It's just not. Big R, what about uh, what about you, man? How 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 would you like if uh, if somebody comes up to me and and pipe at live in Louisville and they're like, Hey, what's it, what's it like working with Ronnie Martin? Would yeah. I would want you to say, uh, dude, he's a really good guy. He's a really good dude, man. Really solid. Dispensable to the really program. good guy. Solid guy. You know, okay. So here's how I report. Here's what I say to people. And I, I kind of like this. 
I always just say this. I always say I like him, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. and then it and then it causes people to sort of like ask you questions based on that, and then it allows me to kind of go a little bit deeper and sort of flesh that out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if you just say like, no, no, dude, I like him, mm-hmm. like that can go anywhere. Like the possibilities now of just sort of sussing out who that person is yeah. become a little endless. So yeah, I would like you just to say, uh, I like that dude. And then, yeah. and then have somebody go, well, Big T, what, what do you mean? Like, what do you like? And yeah. then you can go anywhere you want with that. Blank look, like you know, that. deer in the headlights at that moment. Right, right. deer in the headlights, blank look, <laughs> yeah. like, don't know where to go with that. Conversation's over, right. let's move on. That's right. Rachel the Held Evans. Rachel the Held Evans. <laughs> By the way, which is a lot how I end conversations now, like in person with people. Like when I'm done yeah. talking, I just go, Rachel the Held Evans, and they're still staring at me. And I'm just like getting my keys and I'm walking you out. Know, that's how I end dinner parties. That's how I get people to leave my house. I just say, Rachel the Held Evans. <laughs> And then everybody scatters. It's phenomenal. Immediately. Dude, it's so practical. Break up family, break up family meetings that way. Yeah, right, kids? Oh, dude, I'm ending happens. Thanksgiving this year with that. I'm going to take my last bite of turkey, and I'm just going to stand up and go, Rachel the Held Evans, and expect everyone to walk out. You know, that's how I tuck my kids in at night at, 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 for bedtime. Rachel the Held Evans. Yeah, Daddy, Absolutely. can you tell me another story? Ah, Rachel the Held Evans. And then it's out. done. The convo's done, right? The they get that they now, know. don't they? They're listening. They, they listen to the program. So Right. I mean, that's all you have to say to end anything you don't want to be a part of anymore. I love that. What a gift we've given kind of the oh, world, my but gosh. also ourselves via Absolutely. That, that catchphrase. I think it is one. And, and again, I would describe that as a, a great gift and a lovely and a delightful It's lovely and delightful. In the world. Absolutely. Uh, boys, I want to I transition here quickly into uh, another topic. And this one is this one's kind of funny. Not funny. That, that's horrible of me to say. It makes me a horrible person to say that. But it, it's funny, not haha funny, but curious in light of the fact that Hugh Hefner just died. Um, there, there's been sort of a rash of celebrity deaths lately. Tom Petty also died. What's the rule of threes, I guess, in, in celebrity deaths? But um, anyway, pastors will occasionally use famous dead people to make points about like sin and hell. And I just wondered... Like how that, like how that goes over with you guys, and I'm not even sure how it goes over with me. But Big R, you're the man of the cloth. Um, you'll be in the pulpit this Sunday, and um, are you going to mention anything about Hugh Hefner? Well, quick, quick parentheses yeah. question: Do you actually use a pulpit, Ronnie? Ooh, good uh, question. Yeah, yeah. So I had a what? Or do you are you are you, do you like have a stool on stage, and so you sort of wander and have the stool where you can like set down your your iPad Mini that I'm sure you teach off of, and then. Uh, <laughs> You know, how, how do you, how, how do you? Dude, Rachel the Held Evans after that comment. Pipe, that's incisive. That's good journalism. Wow. <laughs> Just, we have to paint yes. a picture for the listeners. In an audio medium, sometimes you have to. It's great. So, Pipe, I'm vintage, man. So I print out my notes. I use actual analog paper Ooh. to preach from. Nice. Yeah, I don't do, I don't do these, like these, these iPod minis or whatever it is. That this new school Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. This is right. Exactly, yeah. man. So the the pulpit I have was was built by a uh, by by a, a dude that has a company uh, at the church called uh, called Vintage Designs. Of course, it's all wood, <laughs> fits in with our decor. And uh, if you guys I'm ever come to sub, you're, you're going to get to use it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, is it is it like a is it like a little narrow podium or like one that you like step dude, into? Dude, no, it would be sort of surround. It's something like, in it's between. Like it's not one of those. You're preaching. Yeah, it's not one of those embarrassing things from the '80s, but it's like half the size. It can fit like a book or a Bible or a drink underneath, and that's it. It's pretty, how how it's distressed is the wood? Is it like he 
incredibly distressed. Dude, is it like he he knocked down a barn in rural Ohio with one of those like uh, skull uh, chewing tobacco ads on the side, and you could see a little bit of that still? Or it, it, of course, is it a different kind of yeah. distressed wood. No, it, it's it's everything you're describing plus outstanding. That's what I wanted yeah, it to be, baby. Distressed pulpit, but I don't use that every week. Sometimes I'll just like. I'm getting ready to throw down a four-week series. I'm just going to throw up the old music stand to sort of Ooh. humble myself a little Ooh, bit. Ooh, a music right? stand. Because I don't need to be throwing out that distressed pulpit in front of everybody's face That's right. just to mock them every week. I don't need to be doing that. Got to be, care- be careful gesturing around a music stand, though, because they're not very sturdy. And you can, you know, you you gesture on it the wrong way, and all of a sudden your notes are flying through that's the why air. I gotta, they're, they're that's really why I got to put the thing off to the side all Drisky style, right? I don't mm, want to just yeah. stand right behind it. I need to have it off to the left so that I have some room to maneuver. Pipe, what, what kind saying? of a... Yeah. a so. Did you ever, like, knock over a music stand at a speaking gig? Have you ever had that experience? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've well, I had one Dude, where... I've never done the, that. Uh, that's weird. I, I didn't knock it over, but the top, you know, the, the actual stand part where you put notes mm-hmm. was really loose. And so I was gesturing and I was like hitting the yeah. top part of it and it just flipped <laughs> over. So like catapulted my notes into oh the front Oh my gosh, row, that's awesome. I love that. Which was, Just think if you would have um, had an iPod, it would have flipped your iPod into the... <laughs> yeah, that, that would have that been a very expensive uh, rickety stand. Instead, it was just, I'm glad I numbered my pages because then I could get them back in order and everybody had to That's shuffle. interesting because I always number my pages, which you can't do if you're using a BlackBerry on stage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So That's that's true. And if your battery dies yeah. or I've had this, you know, teaching iPad where the screen, I forget to turn off the mm. screen lock. And yeah. so all of a sudden, you know, it just goes black. And then I'm like, ah, I have to punch in my password. I forget what it yeah. is. And so you, you try to talk while remembering a password. Yeah, that's bad. Big that's T, are you, what are you doing, man? Are you analog or are you using, are you, did you go like a BlackBerry? Are you using like one of those old, those <laughs> contraptions? Baby, I'm straight analog. Oh, sweet. So you're printing, th- you're printing out paper. Dude, I'm printing paper. I'm, I'm numbering yes. pages. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm doing a little paperclip situation so I can shuffle things yeah. around, but I can also just turn the pages over yeah. if I want, you know, if it's going, yeah. if it's going that smoothly. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. Yeah, I'm a paper. It sounds lovely. It is lovely. It is lovely. Yeah. Um, I forgot the question you asked me, Big T. What was it again? Yeah, you know what? It wasn't that great. It wasn't that interesting. And Are you are you planning to use Hugh Hefner to oh, talk dude, about Oh, dude, yeah. So Hugh Sunday? Hefner, should I say like Hugh Hefner then? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, Dude, should you just I, preach I, in I, a bathrobe? Dude, that's insane. Yeah. Only if it's yeah. silk and money. I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, that's not really my style. I'm, I'm not, re- I don't really dig into uh, kind of what's happening today with things of that nature. But uh, I mean, I, I'm not Dude, opposed. The proper, the proper response, Ronnie, is, is Hugh Hefner mentioned in the text that's scheduled totally, for Sunday? Exactly. Right. I'm actually, I'm actually speaking on marriage. So I, I probably could bring in Hugh. Mm-hmm. I, ca- I probably could bring in Hef just to, to talk about, you know, how he's responsible for the destruction of, you know, marriages over the last 50 years and all of those good things. Right. But yeah, it's not, it's not my typical, it's, it's not usually how I, uh, you know, how I, how I flow it out, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Pipe, were you kind of referencing the whole motif of a, a, a pastor sort of awkwardly implying that this person is for sure in hell? Um well, and there's that, and then like I saw on social media a number of of pastors, church leaders. I mean, there's some people who wrote very thoughtful things. Then there's people who wrote very think yeah. PC things. But just these these quick like snap responses. They're like, "Well, Hugh Hefner died. He lived the good life now, but he's not uh, anymore." Uh-huh. Kind of thing. And I'm like, uh, I mean, while that's probably true, I it's hard from the outside to see a ton of evidence of uh, of Hugh Hefner's <laughs> faith in Christ. Um. 
it feels a lot like celebrating someone's right, damnation. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that that's like yes, hell is real and we should teach about heaven and about hell, but using an individual that way just seems seems a little gauche. It, it just seems a little tacky. Right. Yeah. The other thing is I, I think there's a difference as well in the in the social media age where everything is public. Like this is a public representation of our a Christian's compassion and a Christian's belief in heaven and hell. I think it's one thing to stand up in front of a congregation and say, this week, a you know, cultural figure passed away and it should cause us to reflect mm. on these things. It's another thing to like publicly blurt out in, you know, 140 characters a quick snap judgment about sure. somebody burning in hell. That I don't know. It, it rubbed me the wrong way, even right. if they're what right. about this though, guys? I mean, here so here's my thought about it. It and again, this is nuanced, right? But it, it seems it's a little strange to me to put everything on Hef mm-hmm. that that's being put on him when it's actually you know Hef maybe like supplied the goods right but it was really down to individuals that decided to partake sure. of the things that he had on offer and I feel like we're we're we're, man, we're putting a lot of the blame on Hugh Hefner for things that you know all men all women. Mm-hmm you know, ha- have yeah. the responsibility have- for choosing and partaking in. Sure. But I mean, you'd act like that all the blame gets cast on him because he made it so readily available. And I'm not saying blame doesn't get cast on sure, him, sure. but none of it comes back to, to, to us, right? Yeah. And it seems... Yeah, I mean, he's he strikes me as the kind of guy, if if people didn't like TNA, he, uh, he would have made his money dealing something else. He was just, a, I mean, he was a wheeler and a dealer. And yeah, he was the original, like he was the, yeah. the playboy. But... Anybody who's ever looked at one of those magazines or looked at any porn yeah, site that's on them. is, culp- is that's culpable on them. for Hughes fortune. Yes. Yeah, so I think that's really weird. And I haven't really I haven't read every article that's come out, especially in uh, you know, in re- you know, in the Reformanati, certainly. But um I haven't heard anyone kind of come at it from that angle yet. Has anybody written at it from that angle? I've read zero articles that have come out. So then tell us. And I will read zero articles more that have come out. So Pipe, any articles kind of on that angle? Like, hey, let's take a little responsibility in the rise of half, you know? Um, I haven't, I, again, not having read them all or even most of them, I haven't seen any. I know Russell Moore put out something that was more, it was more reflective okay. and balanced because that's his nature, yeah. you know, that's his take on yeah. things. Um, but no, I haven't seen I, I mean, I feel like somebody just needs to write the article that basically says I'm Hugh Hefner, but without yes, all the money. Yes. You know, like literally, what I, thought. I would have been Hugh Hef. I would have been Hugh Hefner if somebody had paid me all that yeah. money. You know, that because I think I think that's I think what what we are all afraid to admit is that at some point in our lives we have looked at the life of Hugh Hefner and been sure. a little bit mm-hmm. jealous. And that's and that's the thing where it bugs me. People are like, he's burning in hell, and I'm like, yep. So would I be if if life had gone just a little bit different? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's that's caused a lot of uh, a lot of silence. I'm not going to lie, boys. I do like the this. the kind of silk bathrobe motif, though. I mean, all all moral issues aside, vis a vis you Hefner. <laughs> Baby, what's the uh, what's the uh, what's the chance of you showing up at a live in Louis with uh, with a getup like Pretty that? Strong. Can we talk about that? And Pretty huge. And a strong chances, actually. For at least one of the for sessions? For one of the sessions. I mean, is there a chance? And definitely for like All lounging right. around in the hospitality suite app. Oh, absolutely. That's no question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I already assumed that. I already assumed that. Just, yeah. 
It's ensconced, ensconced in silk, in silk yeah. surrounded by sheet cake. Uh, just a lot of decadence, boys. A lot of indulgence. Going on right there. Wow. So uh, that's what wow. I'm looking at. Guys, we got time for one more very brief topic. And uh, this one is, is potentially kind of a fun one. Uh, it's what do you judge other people for enjoying? What do you judge other people for enjoying? And, and Pipe, I'm going to start with you, not because I, I think you're the most judgmental person in the room. I, I don't, but just because... You paused, you paused reflectively before saying person. The yeah. most judgmental <laughs> person. <clears throat> person. Yeah, yeah, good, exactly. catch, Ted. Um, Pipe, what are you judging other people for enjoying? Uh, I judge people for drinking Dunkin' Donuts. Dude, why? Coffee. That's interesting. And talk about that. It just it it's okay. not even coffee. It is just battery acid sour mm. swill oh, that wow. is offensive. And that I think that's really it. It's like mm-hmm. do these things offend me? Like there's a lot of things that I'm not crazy about, but that's just a preference thing. But there are certain things that are like they mm. offend my sensibilities. And Dunkin' Donuts coffee is one, and Bro Country is another. Like if you listen to Luke Bryan or Florida Georgia Line. I have judgment in my soul mm-hmm. and probably verbally Interesting. towards you. Yeah. These are things that I feel very strongly about. And it's just like, it's yeah, you've been, you've been kind of on this bro country thing for a while, man. Uh, uh, it's because I like country music, except that I like what country music should be. And so I wouldn't call myself a purist purist, but I'm kind of him. And I feel so, like it's just... Maybe it's because I live what in Nashville. What makes it bro country? The is there a time, certain just, aesthetic the that the person brings to the table that makes it bro? Because I have a, I yes. have a certain country there album is. that I'm pretty sure qualifies as bro country that would that would bring the judgment of of B pipe down on on me. Okay. All right, well, let me describe the aesthetic, and you tell okay. me whether your album qualifies. Okay, so it, if we're talking yeah. about the lyrics of the song, they regularly use phrases mm. like "Hey, girl." Yeah, check. They talk about uh, they talk about the like truck beds and dirt yeah, roads some of that. regularly, uh, but not like not like uh, there's something mm. women like about a pickup man, but like. But like hop up mm-hmm. in the truck bed and things like that. They sing in this sort of nasally. Uh, they're okay. just not very musically gifted. Um, they look like they look uh-huh. like frat boys, uh-huh. uh, except maybe with maybe with a, like a, like frat boys trying to look yes. like country people. So jeans, cowboy boots, etc. But Pipe, very I think frat I'm boy-ish. I think I'm looking um, at a bro country record here. Oh, oh, what are you looking at? Um, Okay. Uh, wow, Dan and Shay. They had this song. There, there was one single, man. It's called "Summer of Nineteen, You and Me," and I just thought it was a nice love song, man. And it was catchy, so I, I bought it. I bought the album, and I, honest to gosh, I, oh, bro, bro, country can be catchy, but like if you listen, it's 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 dude. But these the same guys, that, these like, guys are fratty. Uh, like, yeah, these like guys are fratty saccharine bros, man, if there ever were. But but they're not like oh getting real judgmental here. They're they're yeah, I think they differ slightly from what you're describing, but I think it's very much in the wheelhouse of bro country. Maybe some of our listeners can can help me understand that on Twitter. I mean, I won't look, but Pipe can forward it along. The other thing 
To get into lyrical nerdiness, the other thing that bro country does that is just abysmal, because country music used to be sort of a storytelling genre of music. So whether or not you love the sound, it was lyrically a storytelling kind of thing. They basically use Uh lists of phrases that are, it's like Mm -hmm. just sort of rhyming couplets to, 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 to rhyme, you know, just to, to, to sort of put together uh, a catchy, like just, we have a catchy melody. Mm -hmm. Let's just do some rhyming couplets and just do lists of adjectives or rhyming couplets and and there's no story. You basically are just like what you come away with is a vague picture of truck beds, dirt roads, uh-huh. Daisy Dukes and cheap beer and frat boys and uh that's bro country in a nutshell. Yeah, I think I'm looking at bro country here, pipe. So um, yes, I'm very judgy. And wow, I'm I'm glad we had the mm-hmm. talk because honestly like mm-hmm. I do. do. You feel better. Um, it had been on my heart for a while to to bring that to you and uh, I'm I'm just glad it's out in the open now. It's in the light. And I feel like now we can deal with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is a thing to work through. Uh, I mean, I, I do have judgment in my heart towards you, but I also know that, like, this is, it, it doesn't seem like right. a lifestyle decision for you as much as maybe just it was a, one-time a, a thing, poor choice you, know? you made. Um, so exactly. we, can, we can move past this, I yeah. think. Give, give it time, give it, uh, you know, but future indiscretions will have to be handled. Well, I think forgiveness has been granted, but reconciliation is going to take a while for that trust to be reestablished. Yeah. Yeah. Trust takes a long time to rebuild. That's right. Um, Mm -hmm. Big R, what are you judging other people for enjoying? Okay, boys, I have to set this up and I have to ask a favor of of the two of you. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get in massive trouble Mm -hmm. for saying this. I have two of them, but but I'm going to ask that I would like to Mm -hmm. say them and then immediately say Rachel the Held Evans and say I like that plan because we're going a little long for what we <laughs> planned. Yeah. So so here's my Except that Ted hasn't answered the question. Well, Ted, why don't you answer it on I the will. next I'll program. do it on the next program. Yeah. Okay. Right. Are we ready? Right. Are we done? Are we yeah, ready yeah. to sign off? Yes. Okay. I have two two things that, that I uh, that I judge other people for enjoying. The first one is because it's all the same. Sorry, Barnabas Piper, country music. Oh. Two Sports, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Y'all, we all got weaknesses. It's okay. Just acknowledge what those weaknesses are and be willing to confront them. Even when restoration doesn't work, forgiveness always does. Chris, how did you overcome the whole passive husband thing? I led him through it. (laughs) (laughs) There is work for us to do. It is not just sit back and cross my arms and just kind of wait for God to drop the miracle. Hey, y'all, it's Dana Shea. For real faith-based marriage advice, be sure to tune into Real Relationship Talk on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.